When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to Stretford Paddock. This podcast is sponsored by Surfshark VPN. Now more than ever, our online reliance has been rapidly increasing. We stream our favourite shows, we keep in touch with our loved ones, we even watch podcasts like The Brew. And we like to think our information is safe, but as our online footprint increases, so does our need for proper security. Yeah, Surfshark is a VPN service that protects your information by encrypting all the data that you send through the internet, keeping anyone unwanted from seeing it. Another great reason to use a VPN is because content from different streaming services don't want you to watch everything in every different country. It's a disgrace. There's certain shows for America, certain shows for Canada, certain shows for Mexico, Venezuela, UK, Netherlands. How about you have access to all of them and get access to everything, whether that's Netflix, Amazon Prime, or even football highlights on Twitter. And with Surfshark, you can solve that problem by simply changing your location. Also, if you do go on abroad on holiday and you're in Tenerife and you're in Falaraki, you still want to watch BBC iPlayer, don't you? You still want to watch Premier League football? Change your location back to the UK while you're gone to get access to all of your home comforts. And currently, Surfshark are bringing you genuinely one of the most ridiculously good deals I've ever heard. Use the link in the description and use code PADDOCK, as you can see on the screen there, code PADDOCK, you will get, wait for this, 85% off. Which means for something like a couple of quid a month, you can be fully protected. Plus, you get three months for free and Surfshark also offers a 30-day money-back guarantee. So use the link in the description, promo code PADDOCK, as you can see there, for, again, let me just listen to this, 85% off, three months for free and a 30-day money-back guarantee. Nobby Styles was Collier's one. Zionist? Yeah, he's got a street named after him, hasn't he? Rightly so. Honestly, I think it deserves more than that. Colliest named after him? Styliest. Styliest. Yeah, I like that. That, that'd be fitting. Because there's no you can't go OTT with a man that literally won the World Cup and the Champions League. Wild blind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> literally. Right. 
had apparently he had massively thick contact lenses, didn't he? Like back in the day, that was like can't imagine thick contact lenses is a thing. But, but oh, you know what I mean? Like I don't think they're the nice sort of contact lenses you get now. I think they're more like industrial ones. My granddad's got a good story of taking him to meet uh, Nobby Styles because he was my dad's favourite player when he was like five. Really? And uh, he didn't recognise him with glasses on. <laughs> but why would you? You think about yeah. it. You all you ever see of a footballer is at, in the sixties is yeah. probably. Cigarette cards, yeah, and maybe the occasional photo in a paper because it wouldn't have been loads. It. Yeah, we're spoiled yeah, out, males. If you me and you talk about playing, we'll watch him, we'll watch him, we'll go on YouTube and watch him. Do you know what I mean? It's like I, it annoys me when these so called journalists start criticizing, like, or critiquing, say, the 98 99 team, and they go, You know, we weren't all that. And I think, Okay, how old are you? Were you at the games? So, where did you watch these games then? Because only about 25% of that were televised. Yeah, Miguel Delaney. Yeah, thank you. I didn't want to say his name, but you're right. <laughs> it's like, he blocked me for that. I went, I've done the maths. Some questions. Was so when you, you were three? Yeah, so when, yeah, when you were three, you were flying over here with and watching all these football matches. Because I remember those seasons, and you could literally watch highlights on match a day for four minutes for most games. And then one out of every sort of four or five games, if that, would be televised. So there's no way you were watching him week in, week out like you claim, unless you were there. Which is fine. You can still have an opinion. I've got an opinion on games, you know what I mean, on the, the 80s or 70s or whatever. But let's be honest about it. Yeah. You know, and he just blocked me. So, you know, fair enough. Interesting title, Jack. Plays that broke our hearts. Is it that or who? It's all of them. Because I have a question. Is it players who broke our hearts or players that broke our hearts? You're asking the wrong fella here. Come on, don't be that guy. You're brighter than you look. Not with grammar. Right. Not with like... Just See, I don't know. The thing is as well, because we say, I think we use the word was rather than were a lot. That's yeah. a colloquialism in Manchester. And if you pull me up on it, that is racist. So, Fact. Um, and that's a, not a very Northern thing. Um, the way we say some words is is like grammatically incorrect. Right. See, I don't know. I, I corrected Ethan. Now I don't know if I'm right. Someone's complained, and I get this complaint today, and it's a valid one. And I think we need to say, we listen to complaints on this show, by the way. Sometimes. If we, if we like them, if we're willing to answer them. Jay Carvey, and I think this is probably the most sort of valid complaint or question we've ever had. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just joined, seven minutes late, to find you lot. Talking about football. Disgusting. He has got a kind of a point there, bro. But now and again, about once every two and a half years, means they like to talk about football on this podcast. Still reminiscing, though, innit? So yeah, we're not talking about anything new. Yeah, no one's no one's brought me out recently. Have they? Have they? Has anyone? Only by not fulfilling expectations. That's we're talking about point. ones that have left that by because they overfilled our expectations yeah. and then bounced. The, yeah, they had enough. They either had enough or whatever, or Fergie just had enough of them. Uh, yep, Stam didn't break my heart. It just shocked me. Yeah. I, Ethan asked me, producer Ethan said, I need another one. And I put Yap Stam in because I think Yap Stam broke my heart 20 years later. Because when, when I you saw him at the Legends game and was like, it's best centre half performance this fucking picture's seen in a <laughs> <Yeah>. long time. <laughs> <laughs> a defender bullying attackers. What's going on here? And then you go, I remember. Do you remember that? When we used to do that. Beckham in that Legends game is different gravy, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, I don't care. A 70-yard pass on a sixpence is a 70-yard pass on a sixpence. Like, that is unreal. 
And there was a part of me when that people, legitimately was the best right wing performance that pitch had seen. Yeah, since he was like, well, <laughs> for a long fucking time. Since Nani had one of his better games. <laughs> um, but Nani, yeah, Middlesbrough. Yeah, <laughs> always Middlesbrough on it. His highlights really against Arsenal's all right as well, isn't it? Yeah. Like now and again, he likes to like score a bit of a worldie against him or do a little trick. But no, it was it was mad watching that because the thing with Stam is, I look back, and I think the fact you do stuff for real reminds me a lot because it's like. Them two never played together, did they? Can you imagine? That's dirty, that, isn't it? Because who covers who? <laughs> <laughs> like, legitimately. Real's the cover, right? Real's, Real's job is the cover. Because his job is the cover. Yeah. He doesn't get a lot of the plaudits. Like, John Terry gets a lot of plaudits because his positioning was so bad that he has to make match of the day showing tackles to get back in position. Mika Richards made a career on being in the wrong position, but then getting himself back into position because he was quick. Yeah. And because he's got himself back into a position that from a bad starting point, he's now made an amazing tackle. Match of the day, show that shit. Definition of a match of the day player. John Terry's I don't like, he's now on match of the day. John Terry's literally Aaron Wan with better PR. He's better in the air. Aaron Wan that's fair. <laughs> and it, I think he had a bit of a ping on him, John Terry, which he would have suited playing in like the lower half of the Prem for that. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was the people that try and put him on par with Rio or Stam or Vidic or even Van Dyke are just, fucking deluded. Can I tell you my favourite moment from a, a watch along? We were doing a watch along back when we used to sit over there, back when that was the the backdrop. backdrop. And um, you, McCola, were talking about you were ranking centre backs, yeah? And got 20, I reckon. And you were arguing. John Terry's not that good. He's not even... And I, you were talking, you went, right, first stamp, second Rio, third Vidic. You were talking. I left the room to go to the toilet. Right? I came back. You were literally down to, like, Lucas Radaby. What do you mean down to Lucas Radaby? Yeah, Lucas were, Radaby was a baller, man. Right, I'm not saying he wasn't, but you'd gone through... You were going through a list, right? And you were like... You were, you'd got to the Radabys. You'd done the Vidic's, the Stams... The West Browns. The, the Pallisters, the West Browns, the Steve Bruce's. You got down to the Radabys, and you still had some way to go. And then eventually you went... I'll probably put Terry in there. And I think you were on about 24, 25. Which point? I haven't got one. Other than there's, an article, there's an article, Joachim Lowe talks about how he beat England. And he was like, I'm paraphrasing here, but he was like, very easy. When a team's got John Terry at centre half, you know you can drag him out of position. So he just did that and then battered you. It's funny, isn't it? Because John Terry's two biggest games of his career. Champions League final where he... What was it? Changed the order of the penalty to make his the match winning one, missed it, and let United win and then cried. Um, and the Champions League semi final against Barcelona, he got sent off. His record's not very good, is it? In big games. Carvalho was the, the talent in that mm. defence. He was minting money. He was horrible, Carvalho. Makaleli in front of him and later Essien in front man. of him. You forget about him almost sometimes. I forget, it's like weird. I forget he was at Chelsea. Mm. He played in that final. Mm-hmm. And it's like. Oh, why, yeah, Claude McAuley was at Chelsea. Because didn't Queiroz get to Real Madrid and then they say to him, oh, I've got some good news for you. We sold McAuley. What? <laughs> Should I check out that contract? <laughs> yeah, I'm getting to the club and finding out they've just sold arguably the greatest DM There'll of all time. There'll be people in the comments here now thinking I'm having a laugh. I genuinely do not believe John Terry is a talented footballer. Listen, there's nothing funny or sarcastic about that comment. No, and I see him regularly ranked as one of the top 10 centre-halves at all time. I saw my arse the other day, Royal, because someone had Maldini as the best centre-half of all time. Maldini's a left-back. Come on. You fucking FIFA virgins. He's, uh, Yasser Al-Salah, welcome to the academy. Yeah, I don't, you know what? I don't even think people will. I think people who watch this channel, um, 
Oh yeah, Ross Murphy says, even a Chelsea fan said Carvalho was better than Terry. Carvalho was unreal. Yeah, he was. Carvalho was genuinely unreal. You're underrated. And I'll give you Ashley Cole was genuinely unreal. Ashley Cole was men. He really was. And Essien, men, Makaleli, men, Czech, fucking... I, I could actually sit there with a debate where you tell me Peter Czech's the best Premier League goalkeeper and I'm not going to hit you. Like, okay. I, I'll, I'll listen to your argument because you've got a case. Yeah. But John Terry... It's just, it's just pure PR. It's that whole England till I die, captain, leader, legend, armband nonsense where it's all about sort of, like you say... Armband what? Armband, what did I say? Armband straightening nonsense or something. All right. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's all that stuff. Like, was it against Algeria for England where he threw himself head first into a shot that was going wide? And everyone's like, oh, look at him, there he is. What do you mean, there he Lion is? Lion art. Yeah. You mean idiot? We're drawing against Algeria in the World Cup. You mean clumsy? You, yeah. And you're praising our there was defender. An ed- there was an header, right? Heading something near his foot. Oh, when the fuck was it? Was it... Was it, 2014, was it Euros or 2014? Oh, was that a Euros or that a World Cup? England played Italy. I watched it in Salford. And I remember watching John Terry just heading the ball, look directly up, out of position. And going, what the fuck am I watching here? Um, yeah, what was that? Someone's saying, um, and Dan United 94 says, McAuley didn't play in that final, Jay. He did, bro. He started for Chelsea. In the McAuley role. In the McAuley role. It's, this is what I mean. He got subbed for um, uh, Giuliano Belletti, who took a penalty and scored, I believe. Um, but yeah, that's what I mean. Most people, I'm not going to dig you out there, because most people are like, McAuley, I don't remember him that game, but he was there. I've seen the pictures. Um, I love that. Do you know what? I might watch that game tonight again. After I've watched the 1991 Cup, Cup final, of course. Um, Stam didn't break your heart. I think the thing with Stam is... It was a shock. It was a shock. I, I think it was a shock to everyone, including Stam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it wasn't the, like... There was these rumours, weren't it, that he'd said something in his book that Fergie didn't like. I think Fergie used that as an excuse. Yeah, because your book that you never used to shut up about, and that I actually bought and read because you're just sick of you going on about it. So economics said that Fergie misread the data on Stam. Correct. He, the data on Stam. What well, I, I thought it Go was on. that at the time. Go on. I actually thought it was um, his. Uh, was it an Achilles operation he had at the time? Some of the, yeah, because he, he missed in his last season. He only played 15 games. Yeah. But he we won. Everything. Ten of them and drew five, and we beat Arsenal six two in one of those games or six one. Dwight York game, yes, well done. Um, there's the first couple of games of that season. Stam uncharacter because Stam was rapid, right? Yeah, Rio was quick. Stam was quicker, maybe. Stam, it's weird. To Stam, maybe it look, maybe it looked quicker, he but he was quick. Quick, did he? Yeah, but he was he was unbelievably quick. Yeah, like. You go, no. Have you seen the size of him? He looks like a bouncer. Yeah. yeah. But he was like Jamie Vardy quick. He was. He was like unfathomably fucking... F- like Jamie Vardy, you go, what in the Red Bull is that? And <laughs> the Stam was the same on a on a more anabolic level. Yeah. And he's just like, what the fuck that's, is that? That's such a weird to me. Um, and it was a game, I think it was Fulham. I want to... Who the fuck was it? Might have been the Boa Marty or someone like that. Oh, someone skinned that's him. That's pure Barclays. Someone skinned him. Like left him for dust just inside our in, inside our half, right? Yeah. And my interpretation of what happened at the time was, I think Fergie is saying, he said this in his book, get him out. Yeah. Actually, he's not fully recovered from the op. 
or, or maybe he doesn't think he's going to recover yeah. his speed from the op. But if he says it's the op, then he loses his money and therefore we can't sell him. That's what I thought. Right, very good. Fergie's very trying to so paint it. a few journals, he said he are. He said that. And no one says that about yeah. me. And I, But I actually think it was big down to his Achilles. Now, he did actually end up slower. He never actually got to the same speed he got at United, but he was still a fucking behemoth for another seven or eight years. Yeah, and I think Fergie admits he got that one wrong. In but one they, read, they misread the data because he wasn't making as many tackles. Wasn't, and there's a reason for that. People were avoiding him. <laughs> No one was playing up against him. Yeah, it's like, what's that? Um, who we're playing United. I'm going to drift out to the wing. It's like saying, striker. No, we're no. not making any saves anymore. Yeah. We're not conceding goals either, though. Yeah. Like, no one's Ed having shots. Edwin van der Sar went 14 games without conceding or whatever it was. And he did make some saves, but most of that was because no one was getting near him. He read three books in that. <laughs> he nipped off. Sorry, wrote. Sorry, wrote. Yeah, he wrote, wrote three. About to say he nipped out to the chippy for one of them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like that book says it. It says, because data to that level was kind of new. United was early adopters of it, and that yeah. was Steve McLaren. That was one of the things that he, that was one of the reasons we got Steve McLaren in was because he was, he was a, Bad data nerd, and um, and Fergie was like always trying to find a little one percent. He he acts like he just fucking shouted at everyone and kicked them all out, but he was a bit of a fucking data nerd as well at the time. Yeah, and like I said, yeah, the uh, early doors of Prozone and stuff like that, and yeah, it was yeah. a misreading of the data. And I think that's a bit unfortunate, isn't it, because if you're leading the way or you're one of the first doing that you've kind of thing, you've got, you are, aren't you? Because you've not got that experience that everyone's got. You've not gone, well, Piazza, you've got one gone. Yeah, an analyst goes, no, no, here's why it says yeah, that. Yeah, that's it. They're just going, here's the data, and you're going, fewer tackles, had an operation, he's 29. Just got skinned by possibly Lewis Bowman. Yeah. Maybe not. Lazio are offering us 16 million quid, even though they don't pay us for the next 30 years. And it's just but, more than we paid for him. Yeah, let's take it. He's missed, he missed a lot of games. But... It's so annoying because that was the season, wasn't it, where we bought how did we do how did we do this? How did we buy Rudron Nistelroy and Juan Sebastian Veron after just winning the league by April and finished third? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Ask Pep, I think he's just done it. <laughs> You're laughing at? <laughs> he's seen what Fergie did in 2001. I'll do that. I won't do that. I'll do that. I can do it. What's he signed? Sign a goal machine and another midfielder. Right. Yeah, we'll do that. And what, he finished third? Yeah, we'll have a go at that. So sign Kelvin Phillips, who doesn't really fit into the team. And then There's call, your Veron. Yeah, then call him. Sign a goal machine. <laughs> He's literally read the book and done it. Yeah. I'm sick of these lot comparing me to Fergie. I'm going to show him. Fucking watch this. Yeah, he did that. I'll do it too. Scenes if, if, if they finish third though now. Imagine it. It literally is like us doing it though, isn't yeah. it? I think, I think there is a touch of that because we did, the, we did what they did. We sold some players we thought we wouldn't miss and we missed them. And we underestimated the, the level of opposition. Teddy Sheringham, York. Um, and obviously Stam as well. And it's like, Hang on a minute. Actually, we're not going to get no, away no, with it. No, it wasn't York, that one. York was the year. York yeah. hung on for another year. That's all, yeah. Um, but we did that thinking, oh, we'll be all right. Because Rio says it when uh, he turned up and he's like saying hello to everyone at Carrington. And Dwight York says hello. He goes, don't talk to him. He's going. <laughs> 
oh, don't get friendly with me, he's going or something like that. And he was like, fucking hell, all right. He's brutal in fair, yeah. I love it, I love it. <laughs> Me, imagine that. Um, so, yeah, Stan was a bit of a different one. And we're going to see, actually, who, we, um, who was in that season. Is Paul Ince on here for um, the fact that we're playing them this week? That No, that, right, I'll give you a, a thing. Have you got my photo? Ethan. I've seen this photo. You've seen this photo. Have you found that photo? Put the photo up. I need to find my... You must have loads. I wanted to, equestrian I, I, themed birthday card off Paul Ince <laughs> from when I was eight. I mean, I was like, it was the only birthday card they had. <laughs> it's like a, it looks like it's like a, a young girl's bedroom right. with like horsey themed like rosettes and shit all over it. It says happy birthday in gold. Yeah. It's all like lavender kind of colour. And it's like to Steve and happy birthday Paul Ince. <laughs> 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 Dad took it to the cliff and got hey, it done. That's so random. <laughs> Mate, that Paul Lynch was my original favourite player. Yeah. 91, 92, like all action midfielder, the shortest of shorts, the longest thigh the world's ever seen. He had a weirdly long thigh, didn't he? Yeah. Remember? Yeah, he did. Like sort of quite skinny legs. Yeah. Um, just flying into tackles, just fucking murdering dudes. He was my favourite player until Cantona turned up with his chest out and his collar up, and I was like, "Oh, I'm having a bit of that." Yeah, no, that's <laughs> it. No, you're right. There you go. There's me. I'm, I'm on the. Uh, and on he's never, he's never changed that frown. And he can see, he can see, he's absolutely buzzing to see me there at the cliff. <laughs> he's made up that I'm, I'm mithering him, and I'm as happy as I've ever been up until that stage in my life, meeting the governor, as he was called. Uh, he calls himself the governor. Uh, Chucky said he hated that. I never called him. Chucky says you don't give yourself a nickname. No, like no one gave. Like Chucky didn't call himself Chucky. That was his nickname he was given, and he said Paul and started telling everyone to call him the governor. So I didn't call him. Absolutely, yeah. which you, is that's, that, There's not many rules to nicknames, but the only rule that I can think of that matters is you can't give it yourself. We need to get Chucky on here regularly. By the way, me and you have spoken about this, and um, we're gonna do it. I was, I was, I He's the perfect person he to is. come here and talk utter shite with us, mate. He he puts us in the shade. And also, he talks us a shite, and then he'll tell you an amazing Sir Alex Ferguson story you've never heard before. Yeah. And, and it, you and sit there in silence with your mouth open. And you go, what? He did what? And he's like, yeah, I'll text him, I'll ring you, I'll tell you. Because <laughs> 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 you got to remember, Chucky was there from 87? 87, yeah. To fucking 97. Yeah. Um, and did all right in that time. And, and then, yeah, and then he came back as a coach. For about seven or eight years, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. It was the academy director at one point. Come on, man. Yeah. Talk about in. credentials. I know, it's mad. Cause he's, and we had him all, all of a sudden on the stage. was in Dublin. He came here the other day to pay us a visit. I was chatting to him, actually. Did you see that story about him in the... In the Is it the football players you won't believe? Yeah. What they look like? Yeah. Like, ridiculous. And I said to him, because my missus saw that. And obviously, when we were all in Dublin, she's she met him a few times. To be fair... Footballers, beards are rare on footballers, even to, mm. the, to this day. And also... Beards are rare. And he's got a big, bushy white beard he has, he has, And also, he, he, he stopped playing football in, like, the mid-90s or whatever. Because yeah, it's going to look different. Almost 30 years yeah. ago. Yeah, what do you think he's going to look the same? He's going to be coming here like, with brown hair and a United kit on. So it was a bit like, all right. Uh, but, yeah, my missus was like, I can't believe this is out of order. I spoke to him about it. He's like, I'm not. Well, I, just, I just thought it was he, he is a... About as chill as a person I've ever met in my fucking life. He isn't. He? He's just unfazed, just proper chill. Also, top two or three most sarcastic people I've ever met. He's up there, isn't he? He is. Which amazes me because he's like that with Fergie. He tells us all these stories that he got away with it. I don't know how he gets away with it. We're gonna have to find out exactly how did you go. Is it because you signed and bagged a shitload of goals and got put in the you're all right category? Yeah, must have been. I think there's that, and I think that despite the fact first player to score thirty since George Best. Good lad. Despite the fact he's psychic, despite the fact he took the piss all the time and was just a bit of a lunatic when it came to the way he spoke to Fergie, whatever, 
he put the graft in, he, he put the performances in, and when it came to sort of, you know, abiding by the rules, he did that. I believe, and I, I need to speak to him about this as well, uh, and that would be one of the first things I ask him on camera when we when we eventually fucking make him the third wheel on the broom. He is going to be the third wheel, that's a fact. Um, I think he implemented the silent sidelines at uh, United for the youngsters. Really? So when you look at Chucky at the minute, I don't think it's unfair to say he doesn't look like the most cerebral of footballers or football philosophers or coaches, and there's not really that reputation around him, is there? No, but there should be, though. Yeah, but and this is what I'm saying is yeah. there should be because so I'm pretty sure it was him when he was the academy director he implemented the silent sideline so both from coaches but you know what it's like especially if, if you've got a kid that's at United the parents are on the sideline like like they're Fergie titivating and fucking encouraging and cajoling and he went yeah fuck that noise yeah they have to sign something and you sit there and you shut the fuck up ah really silence because. These kids only gonna learn when they know why they're. There's no point in us shouting from the sideline. Okay, go past him, pass it. All turn the truck. Like, there's no point you doing that from the sideline because they do, they need to know why they're doing it to for it to sink in and, and become learned. Right. Okay. So they have to learn how to figure it out themselves, and they do that by the the coach will talk to them at halftime, but the coaches don't coach during games because this is the time for them to figure out ah. what they're doing. So the coaches don't talk and the parents don't talk. So it's silent sidelines. Ah, cool. And that's something I believe, that's what I've got to ask him. I'm pretty sure, I'm 90% sure it was him. Silent sidelines. Silent sidelines. That's just, it sounds like a good idea and it sounds like some of it. Because he was there for a little while and he coached Marcus and Brandon Williams and Jesse, I think, as well. And a few, you know, a few of the ones that obviously went on to... To, to do really well. So it'd be good to get his take on it because that shows you the relationship he had with Fergus when he was doing his coaching badges. Fergie said, come and do him here. You know, come and you. so he's obviously, they got on well. Um, Jimmy F in the super chat uh, says, who's been a member of the academy for two years, thank you for your support. Which players from opposition, opposition teams broke your heart? Well, Aguero when he didn't shin it into the crowd. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That was That's the most horrible one, isn't it? Really, that one. Do you know what I mean? The nature, and you know what annoys me about that, right? Is it's a win over QPR at home. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's because it was snatched from yeah. what should have been. It's a three-two win at home to a team that finished seventeenth. But it's the nature of it. Yeah, like because it was going west. Yeah, and it should have stayed west. Anyway, let's go through the rest of these. Right, go on. So Paul Ince, obviously we know Jay had a thing for him. Oh, still have. Um, and I had a thing for him. Yeah. I don't mind admitting it. It went west for him when he decided he wanted to join Liverpool. Now, I believe go Fergie on. knew he wanted to join Liverpool and that's why he sent him to Italy. Right, okay. I don't think, because I think you, you don't sign for United from Liverpool. Them's the rules. I think as well, if you know, the, I think he told this Macca when he interviewed him, he said that he... Um, Fergie said you're going. Who's, who was the manager in, in Milan, by the way? Oh, Roy Hodgson. So he said, uh, you go to Italy. So Wins is like, you what? He said he was playing golf or something. You go to Italy. So, I'll, you know, da -da -da, off you go. So like when Fergie says that, you're going, right? You're not going to argue, right? Well, he doesn't want me, I'm going. And he said that um, he was in his kitchen or whatever, a week later, where he's got all these Italian guys here ready to sign a contract. The phone rings and it's Fergie. And he said to him, don't sign that deal. I'm thinking of keeping you. <laughs> and he's like, uh, I've got like some rather, you know, large men in my kitchen with suits on who, you know, it's probably best not to upset by telling them they've flown over and I ain't signing. So I think I'm going to sign. And he was like, right, okay. 
So he said like it's like he couldn't make his mind up. I think Fergie was a bit unsure whether Nicky Butt was quite ready yet. But obviously the rest is history. So Ince, yeah, um, that's your one, that in the middle, isn't it? That's got to be. I was in basic training in the army. Um, so not quite finger on the pulse. And I remember all the other lads going, normally United fan, just hammering us going, he's fucking, he's going to leave, he's going to sign. And I remember being adamant, he's a United fan. Yeah. Why would he leave United? Yeah. And then you see him turning up. For a fashion icon, dressed like a right dick, by the way. Yeah. A shirt on with a blue suit over it and his hair like a fucking right melon. Yeah. Remember, it was like... What was it? It was long with a ponytail and a fucking top knot. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Did we do yeah. this in the dark, David? What's going on here? Mate. You had some top barnets. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It is. That was not one of them. No, it wasn't. The, the day sign for Real Madrid but the, definitely got dressed in the dark. The, the writing was on the wall, wasn't it? Oh. There was the boot, with boot, hindsight, gate, boot gate. With hindsight, yeah, was, but at the time. Yeah. And it was that the game against Real Madrid, where he was on the bench, comes on, scores a free mm, kick. Veron was right wing. And you think, and yeah, Oli played what, about a dozen games or something on the right wing as well that season. But I was so adamant. Why would Beckham leave? Why is Beckham yeah, going to leave? And then like, I remember just being sick yeah. the day he went. I'm like, for 25 mil as well. That's just stupid. Because they announced it and they're like, anyway, we've sold that many shirts. He was so good. Do you know what? And I like the fact you've sort of done the retroactive campaign to get him awarded the Ballon d'Or in 99, which is actually a thing now. I've noticed that people, I've seen like 15 year olds tweeting like, and I think that's he's influenced that. Um, because it's like, it's gathering momentum and I think there might be a vote one day where they go, actually, in, in 99, we made a mistake in Rivaldo. Well, we they've just fucking give Pele seven of them. Yeah. <laughs> I so. mean, no disrespect to the recently passed, but fuck me. Pele, every couple of months got goals added and then passes away and gets seven Ballon d'Or. It's like, didn't they do something where like Ronaldo caught him and they went, actually, no, no. Uh, we, found, we, found we found some 200 that, you know, he scored whilst filming uh, Escape to Victory. So you, you keep going. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I was kind of with you. The, the thing with Beckham for me was, I, I, I could sense it because I was a bit older than you and mm. obviously it was sort of, I wasn't doing any journalism or anything, I was just living in Manchester. But, but there was the bootgate thing, there was these stories about him and Be um, Posh Spice not getting on. So he was of. also part of United We Stand at the time as well, so I bet there was a little bit on the underground there going on. Yeah, there was like, you could Some sense rumblings. something that's not quite right. And I remember in the last game of the season, the press made a big thing of him was saying- United fan, no I know, I know. <laughs> that know, was literally bro. the top and bottom of my justification. Yeah. Why would he leave? I think though, again, no, it's, once Fergie don't want you. Oh yeah, there's not really a lot of fucking yeah, wiggle and, room, is yeah, there? Yeah, and I read it, and I'm sure you've read it. Cause it's cool. I remember our kid, our kid was devastated because he's a bit younger than me. Beckham was his idol, and um, he got his book, one of the first books that Beckham did. That I, I'll be honest with you, I doubt Beckham's even. read A little bit it, of a picture book. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I doubt Beckham's even read it. Let alone there's more words it. on the back cover than there is inside it. Yeah, exactly. And I remember there was the gallivanting thing. Looks bollocks. Looks the bollocks in it though. He does not. Um, <laughs> there was the gallivanting thing. What's your wife doing gallivanting around London? Because he missed training because his kid was ill. 
And then Fergie's like, he's rang, I can't come to training, my kids are ill, that's allowed. But then there's pictures of Posh Spice in, you know, Milan or whatever. And he's, Fergie's dragged him in the office and said, what's your wife doing gallivanting around Milan when yeah, you're yeah. not being trained? She does also have a job as well, mate. Yeah. And it's like, that's causing issues. Which is weird, I guess, for Fergie, because everyone else's wife, we don't even know who they are. Exactly. <laughs> I, think that was, I think that was a genuine issue for him. Yeah, because it was Beckham became this thing, didn't it? And it kind of worked in '98 when the whole nation hated him and Fergie. And this is what I love about Fergie. Come it's here, Fergie at his best, isn't it? Like, what's that? You all, everyone hates him. Well, he's mine, so you can all fuck off. And we are, you know, looking after him. Like I did Ronnie in 2006, and Beckham has one of the best seasons any players had ever, ever. Not just for United, ever. Started with the season crying, ended the season crying in completely different circumstances and, and, to John Terry as well. And also. In 99, in that final, he's probably... Matt Dickinson, by the way, who describes how Beckham finished that season crying. I got, saw it as I'm reading it. Really? I just saw it. I've got he's, walking across the uh, he's walking across, sees his dad, puts the European Cup down yeah. on the pavement and just fucking hugs his dad and starts crying. Mate, what a scene. Do you think that... Make it a film for fuck's sake. Yeah, and a proper film. Who, who plays Beckham, though? Who the fuck do you get to play Beckham? Probably his lad, actually. Oh, yeah. Can it a free kick, can't it's, it? It's um, James Gandolfini vibes, isn't it? Because his lad played him in the, in the uh, well, played Tony Soprano in the uh, Many Saints in Newark. Yeah, he could get his son to play him. Is it, is it Romeo? The one who's at um, Brentford now? Oh, I don't know. It might be. Is it Romeo? Yeah. And it's given us a thumbs up. Romeo's at, is it Brentford? Really? Oh, Brentford B. So that's a good standard, that. Might be, I don't know. It might be really good. I don't know. Um, Slap a free kick. Yeah. Do you reckon though that might have done for Bex a little bit? The fact that, imagine 99, like all that went on, the pinnacle of football. And it's almost like- You can make a, you, the, you know, Hollywood like, can make a film about nothing. You can make a film about the start of that. Let's call it 98, 99, because obviously yeah. you've got the World Cup, Simeone, and just just take everything through Beckham's eyes. Doesn't he have one of his, in Brooklyn born in that? Come on, man. Mate, it's too good, that. It's too... If you went that in the... You know, I've got an idea for a film, people got too far-fetched. No one does that. It's going to be National Disgrace. Yeah. Dartboard's on the back of the paper. Yeah, they're going to hang effigies with a sarong on him. Yeah. He's going to be married to a pop star. Yeah. And then he's going to have this, like, individual season where they win everything with his best mate, who's called Gary. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and then he's going to have a kid. <laughs> he's going to call his kid Brooklyn, which was new. Right, okay. Yeah, all right. Go on. Anything else? <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, his, his missus is like this mega pop star kicking yeah. out around the world, which can't sing. Right, oh, all right, okay, yeah. Mm, my, then he wins the fucking lot in ten days, <laughs> and he's a massive part in all of it. And also, he's at like that ninety-nine final. Is no disrespect to the people that took part in it. It wasn't a very good performance, but all around, except Beckham. Beckham's having a bit of a stormer, and there's also right. A, th a thing that I saw. Do you know during lockdown, where we had some articles coming out, and I like the athletic. Laurie Whitwell, Carl Anker, my favourite. Two of my yeah, favourite. Andy the, the athletic have to go off in a tangent that people don't even know exists. Yeah. And That's during, their thing, innit? Yeah. And during lockdown, they were running out of material. There's no football. There's no games. We have to find something. Let's go over old games and try and sort of reimagine them. This is Michael Cox, isn't it? It is. And he tried to say... I'm blocked for a reason. I'm, I think I might be on that block list as well. Because I put it out a factual mistake in his article where he said we were two points behind Arsenal number four or whatever. Anyway, he says that actually Roy Keane weren't that great into it. I'm sorry, and I don't mean to be crass, but that's like saying 
Martin Luther King's speech weren't all that. Do you know what I mean? Didn't Neil Armstrong. Didn't even rhyme. Yeah, what did he ever do? Do you know what I mean? It's like, what are you on about? It's one of the iconic performances of all time. Literally, Sir Alex Ferguson calls the team performance in Turin the best he's ever seen. Yeah. And Roy Keane's individual performance the best he's ever seen until he mm. fell out of him and then he just yeah, they he, kind of... They, they both the pair of them don't pretend anything happened. Yeah, he's like, what, what, what game in Turin? But the one part of that article, amongst the dross that it was, that he's right, was Beckham that game. Goes under the radar because everyone talks about Keane. Was phenomenal. It is one of those performances. As he was against Barcelona, yeah. as he was as against Inter Milan, as he was against Bayern, as he was against Spurs, as he yeah. was against Arsenal. It's just, you make the point that Beckham scores two of the most important goals that season, and because they come before iconic goals, no one remembers it. Yeah, but look at the crosses. Mate, I, I, you remember Roy Keane's, of course. Yeah. It's Beckham's cross. Did they give him that game against Inter? You mean where Dwight York scores two identical goals? I think me and you could have scored one of them. I genuinely think we could have done. <laughs> Beckham was like... because we're any good, but because it's like bouncing off your head into the goal. What spin do you want on it? Yeah. Just stand there and just don't move. And stand I'll there, turn your head, head that way a little yeah. bit and I'll deflect it in off your head. Yeah, that's what it's like, wasn't it? It was unbelievable. And he had... I don't understand how he created so much... Like, you knew what he was going to do and still had to watch him do it if he was defending him. Yeah. You know what he's going to do? He's going to control it. He takes that outside of the foot touch. He looks. And this feels like it takes... 20 seconds and it done it's pretty quick yeah but every defender he ain't going on his left foot no he only uses his left foot to have a balance while he's pissing right yeah. he does nothing else with his left foot step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. He gets it out of his feet, he has a look, and then he puts a fucking laser-guided rocket into the fucking box. And it wasn't the volume that you see with Trent. Do not fucking try comparing that fucking witch to David Beckham. <laughs> He's a better fucking attacker and defender than Trent ever was. <laughs> Just on work rate alone, he's better than Trent. Fuck me, right? On the 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 level of crosses. Is that another dig at Delaney, by the way? Yeah, maybe. He's <laughs> gonna block me. The uh, go watch the Barcelona game at home. He's getting like every chance comes through Beckham. Every single that is is uh, does Cole score at home? Is it like a rebound from a Skulls overhead kick or the something like that? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think so. I think because we Beck the cross is a, a Beckham kick. cross, and then it's a rebound from that because Beck scores a free kick, don't he? Yeah, but and, it's, um, it's the 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 openings that he has. <clears throat> People talk about his crossing, but David Beckham on the halfway line with the ball at his feet is deadly. Yeah, because he's got three options here. I actually think he's less, even though he's still mega effective, I think he's less dangerous with a cross going in from the, you know, from the corner out, uh, the side of the box because you, you know where this is going. I think when it's on the halfway line on a counter, Beckham sticking one over the top with, with spin on it. It's, fucking it unbelievable. It was Giggs, Sonny Anderson got one back for him and Giovanni. Skulls one. Yeah, and then <clears> Beckham. <throat> do you know what? It still infuriates me. It's not the winner. That free kick was mint. 
I remember everyone was giving Clive a agree because he signed for them instead of us saying he should have signed for a big club. Old Trafford, absolutely bouncing. One of my favourite ever Old Trafford atmospheres. Is and then the Luis Enrique with the a worst dive you've ever seen, honestly. honestly. Nicky Butt gets sent off for it. Oh, terrible. Terrible. And then United. So, and that was the man who won the Ballon d'Or. Diving bastard. <laughs> I know why did he win the Ballon d'Or that year? Um, now you've I, I've Copper ang- America angry enough about things when I forgot about that. Until Copper America me, basically Copper like, America again international football being elevated to fucking unreasonable levels. When let's be honest, the greatest achievement was the greatest achievement. United win a fucking treble. The United vote was split as well because if you watch United that let's season, have a look. go on. Uh, yeah, just pull it up. Ballon d'Or voting 1999. And I'll tell you who came where. I think Roy Keane. Might have come third. I think Roy Keane did get um, he did get a few votes. Yeah, so he came sixth. Oh, did he? So Rivaldo gets oh, two hundred nineteen points. Beckham gets one hundred and fifty four points. Then if you go down six, Roy Keane gets thirty six points. Then you've also got down there a bit further down, Stam and York are further down as well. But there's that whole Schmeichel's thing. On Schmeichel's list. on that on that list, much further down. Uh, Giggs is much further down. Um, Andy Cole's got a vote. Bless him. Um, there you go. But there's that whole thing in your mind, isn't there? When you're going into this and there's like this, United are a team. Yeah. They're not, they're just a great team. There's no one who's standing out. Beckham's mint, Keane's mint, Andy Cole's banging in goals. Like we said before, York had a fucking unbelievable season. Yeah. Goals and assists. So it's not like there's someone where you're going, he's your guy. Like, this isn't Rival- Ronaldo in 2008 for United where no. you just go, fuck me, he was on another planet. Yeah, but, but it was like that with Beckham. Yeah. For me, at least it was. Because I, you got to think. Of, I can't. I can't. The, the thing, and I, I agree with everything you're saying. The thing that sort of I think goes against Beckham a little bit in, in all this is because Keane was so good that season. You had the York and Cole partnership yeah. was a story. It's yeah. a storyline on its own. Yeah. You had the fact that it was won by the substitutes in the final. Yeah. You had uh, the Yap Stam because he was signed in that summer. Obviously, yeah. you had Yap Stam coming in and people just going, "Oh my fucking god!" After like, after ridiculing us for spending ten million quid on it. Yeah. By the way. And that was including some of our own fanzines. Yeah, well, I watched it. <laughs> 10 million for Steve Bold. I remember it. <laughs> remember. I remember, it. remember we lost to Charity Shield 3 0. And they were going, I think, was it Christopher Ray or someone? I know it might have been an elk <laughs> just tore him apart. And everyone's going, oh my God, this guy's terrible. Why have we spent yeah. money on him? He's like, no, he's not. He's mint. He's just getting used to English football. Yeah. Like, you know. They're right after that. They're what? Three titles on a bounce? Dipped. So, yeah, people's votes for United players, people who were impressed with United had their votes split. Yeah. Whereas you put Beckham and Rivaldo head to head, they played each other twice, the teams got nullified, but if you look at the individual performances of those two in those two oh. games, and you tell me that the, the Brazilian guy gets Ballon d'Or, I tell you, you're sniffing all the glue. And also, Barca didn't get out of the group. Imagine that. Imagine I mean? winning a Ballon d'Or and you didn't get out of the group. Yeah. And the guy that did won the lot and, and doesn't win the Ballon d'Or. So you make a very good point. I can understand Kino not getting it because I think that even though I love Roy Keane, I think it wasn't necessarily just his performances, it was him. It was him going, you, get in there, you, what are you doing? And raising everyone's game, like, well, I've got Roy Keane up, you know, next to me. If I don't perform, I'm going to get battered. And also missing the final kind of matters. Do you know mm. what I mean? Not for us, because he still got us there, but Beckham was in the final and, you know... Instrumental again. Instrumental in winning. Well, I see, you go through those games, you go, right, you, every key moment, I mean, from the first game, scores in the first game, right? Is it Leicester or Wimbledon? Leicester, last minute winner. Uh, last minute equaliser, sorry. Um, from minute one that season, it, you know, I think the first away game is West Ham. The worst place you could have asked to go to. It's West Ham that did the effigies of him. Goes to West Ham, not a fucking, not a bead of sweat, just fucking cool as a cucumber. 
And then, yeah, we have the performances that we saw from him in the Champions League groups. Then we have the performances that we saw from him quarterfinals, semifinals and finals. He was instrumental in all of those games. And I just want to put some context into this day as well because it's, it's important. You're right. And I, think, I don't think anyone now, if you weren't there, will ever understand the hatred he was getting. You will never see this again. It no. won't be allowed, and rightly so. No, so, I mean, some of the racial abuse that the players got in the summer was yeah, abhorrent. Sorry, I don't want to compare it to that. You're but, right. but it I'm was still about, not the same. Yeah, like, because they never got it in the ground. And they never got a national newspaper. Jesus, can you imagine? Putting, and I'm not trying to downplay racism, obviously I'm not. But I'm, I'm saying, in terms of the whole country and the press, and all, everyone being against one man I've not seen before, who was playing for England. Fucking had, hell, didn't they have... A dartboard, a picture of him on a dartboard. They were getting like Darren Day to give us quotes again, weren't yeah. they? Darren Day, what do you think about Beckham? Fuck off. Um, like, there was a, like, I think the mirror put a dartboard on the back, back of the paper, and Ethan, Google that if you can, bro. Um, dartboard, mirrored dartboard. I think I might have tweeted it once. I'll try and find a picture, um, and we'll bring it up. And it was literally like, throw a dart at, at David Beckham's face. You know what I mean? Because he got sent off against Argentina. Ten brave um, lions, one stupid boy. Yeah. So you have. It's too old when he went off. Don't miss your fucking penalties. And also, I've sent you. I've sent you a link. David to, a, to a tweet that's. You got, got away him. with it. Um. <laughs> and also. And him. I'm not having it. It's not a red card. I don't care. I'll down that hill. And it um, ends and bite that missed. Yeah. David Batty apparently not taken a, a, a penalty before, or he's not taken one for ten years. I'll, have, I'll let us have a go. Well, yeah, because it's only the the World Cup second round. Um. So why is Gazza on there? I think he had he had some issues with his misses and stuff. So it was like, yeah, there was some stuff going on. Who's Galtieri? I, I don't know. I don't know what half this thing is to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but there was yeah. So you've got like the press saying throw a throw a dime, right? Can you imagine? Can this, you fucking so imagine? Have we got this dartboard up on the screen? Yeah. So I'm gonna just run through the names on Airstay as well because this is this is amazing. Jeremy Beadle. Jeremy Beadle's on there on this dartboard. The fuck has he done? Robin Cook, Paul Gascoigne, um, Tony Bank, Maradona, obviously because the British press just hated him. Chris Evans, Jimmy Hill, Jurgen Klinsmann, Paul Daniels, Ozzy Ardiles, <laughs> Stan Collymore, and then in the middle was David Beckham, and it says "Still bitter, take your fury out." on our David Beckham dartboard. So let's just encourage violence against... Um, By the way, wasn't this Piers Morgan? Probably, yeah. The Mirror, 98, I'm guessing. Um, just, just have a quick Google for us to see who the Daily Mirror editor was, 1998. In fact, if I go on his Wikipedia... Not like Piers Morgan to... Um, well, he was... Promote the violence against certain groups of people. Yeah, um, just amazing. It's not, you know... Oh, yeah, Daily Mirror editor from 95 to 2004, so yeah. So this was... There you go. Yeah, you go. So you think, why, why do you think Piers Morgan's a see you next Tuesday? There you go. Stuff like this. Let's just chuck it out his face because he, you know, he played for England and didn't do what we wanted him to do. So there was Two that. all when he went off. Finished you all. So he's got all this to deal with, right? Effigies at the ground. Everyone hating him. People shouting stuff about his wife to him or his fiance. I think they were due to get married at the ground. He got married in the season. Right. Sound. Um, and also... It was a low-key affair. You wouldn't see much about it. Oh, was it? Was it Sale Town Hall? Classy in that, yeah. Sale, Sale Town Hall and then Flixton Football Club for the buffer? Yeah. Oh, I thought so. Um, Sausage rolls and that kept, kept it serious. Nice, I like that. Um, so this went on, and whilst all this is going on, 
Now, if David Beckham had said, I can't do this, I need to take some time with football, I wouldn't have blamed him. But he didn't. He went, I'm going to win. That wasn't allowed then. No, that was true. Mental health didn't well, was, an, was an act that no. got you locked up. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And you'd have. I remember at the time as well. And that's a good point because, like Stan Collymore suffered from mental health. And his manager, John Gregory, said... Didn't he call him a homophobic slur for it? Yeah. And then also said, I don't know about that. I could be, I'll be careful because I'm not sure. 100%, but I know what he did say, is he did say, how can he be depressed with all the money he's earning? Which is, you know, obviously that's how you're not depressed, he's have money. Um, so yeah, Beckham has to deal with all this, and while he's doing all this, he drops a 10 out of 10 season. It's 10 out of 10, isn't it? Like, there's how, no... How, 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 improve it. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't he win the League Cup, Steve? What do you mean he wasn't playing in them games? That's not good enough. That was Fergie rotating. Yeah, it was. Well, that's Fergie going, well, I've got to rest some of them sometime. Playing Bayern Munich next week. What is it? York. Fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so. Greening, yeah. son. Got just the game for you. Um, Alex Bailey, he's been a member of the first team in 26 months. Death of George Best broke my heart because I saw him on my 18th birthday. That do not really count. My granddad was Irish and saw him in 68 final. We both cried when he died. I get that, but yeah. Peter Kelly says, is Rooney the only player to go head to head with Fergie and not get sold? I remember after the transfer request, Rooney was dropped for Champions League games. Um, I don't know about that one. Um, who else have we got here? Ronnie. Mm. I think he kicked off that much in 2008, 2000. Was, he's obviously going. He's going, and, and although we were going to miss him, I was almost like, you know, whatever. Welbeck, I was gutted. Now, on the Welbeck one. I was. This was uh, Louis van Gaal's first season, remember? Yes. We just signed Falcao. Radamel. I didn't really got a plan. So we just signed Falcao. I remember the newspaper articles, you fuckers, right? Manchester United have turned their back on their probably about 75-year heritage of having a, a youth player by signing Danny Welbeck. Um, Lou van Gaal debuted more youngsters than any manager. I think there's many things you could accuse Lou van Gaal of, but not giving youth a chance isn't one of them. That was the article today after. By selling Danny Welbeck, United have turned their back on their heritage. I remember my mate, Nick, <coughs> who ran, I think it was the Man United youth um, sweater thing. Saying to me once, he went, Paddy McNair style? What? <laughs> like, Van Gaal just pulled youngsters out and went off Donald Love played back-to-back games. A lot. I don't even know where he's playing now. Or if he's playing now. Yeah. Should we have a look? He's from Rochdale, wasn't he Donald Love? How's he called Donald, though? <laughs> he's at Morecambe. Yeah, he's from Rochdale. I remember, I remember the tweet we found love in a hopeless place. Um, <coughs> yeah, Morecambe. But was it Salford? Salford City's proper. If you've played for United, you're going to play for Salford City if your career's not working out. Everyone goes there, don't they? Like, Darren Gibson went there. James... Uh, may or may not have been talking to a recently rejected former Manchester United player that might, have, might not have been playing at Salford City last season. So you were there. <laughs> um, <laughs> James Wilson went there. And Donald Love went there. And Galbraith's there, right? Galbraith's. Now. Oh, yeah, I saw him the week. Saw him, I went to watch him. Flying. Yeah. I missed the goal, though. He got there late. He scored. He likes scoring a banger. He doesn't really yeah. score a tapping. Well, they won. They beat Northampton Town. Because my lad got free tickets at school. So it was quite good, actually. Um, I know you love a bit of grassroots. If you can call Salford City grassroots anymore. Rude. No, you can't. No, you can't. They're fucking owned by a billionaire. That's a good point. Rude. 
It was weird, Rude, didn't it? Because it was like a, a war of attrition. It was like a death by a thousand cuts with him, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like the 2006 League Cup final, he wasn't. He didn't even get off the bench from the 4 0 up. And then we found out afterwards he told Fergie to go forth and multiply. Yeah. And the end the, was swift. The one thing I will say about Rude is he apologised and came back for when Fergie's statue was unveiled, I think, and was like, I was a bit of a knobhead. I regret it. And especially now I'm older and I'm coaching and I see like what a titter was. And Fergie's the best manager I've ever played for. I like a bit of that. And I'm, like, I'm glad that Rude and him have made up. Because yeah, he was unreal. He was unreal. Best striker of the Premier League I've ever seen. Up there, for sure. I don't know if I can... Uh, I find it hard to split him and Van Persie, to be honest. Okay. I'm <clears> glad <throat> you went down that route. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm, I can live with that. Um, and yeah, I think that's, that's us done for, for that one. Um, Who else, really? I mean, Roy Keane... Again, by the time Roy Keane uh, was sacked, because that's, that's what happened, yeah. um, he was done. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I still feel that that was a bit... I mean, he retired after, like, what, six games? He, put it out. he wouldn't sell it, didn't he? he? did fuck off. Yeah, he was, he was kind of done. And the thing is now, like... And there's a touch of that with, you know, when Ronaldo did that interview and it's like, Keno sort of says, oh, I still have loads to offer and all that. And like, obviously he could have carried on playing for Manchester United. Yeah, and oh, he could have gone Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he wasn't the Roy Keane of old. And that's one of the reasons Fergie was like... I think Fergie, again, Fergie rarely moved people on too late. If anything, too early with a lot of players. Yeah. And I think he had a bit of a blind spot with Giggs and Neville. And I can I can forgive the him. Giggs that. one's acceptable though, Nick, because Giggs literally still very productive. And the like, cameos he did. The season after Fergie left, mm. Giggs got us through that Champions League quarterfinal, uh, uh, second round. Yeah, you know the second leg. Gary Neville never should have started against West Brom. There was a period where Gary Neville was was poor at the end of his career. Although um, I've been on Twitter for the last twenty four hours or so. I can't believe how many people that have never seen Gary Neville play football, certainly when he played in the 90s, um, calling him average. Do you know, I don't think Fergie even tried to replace him. That alone. Yeah. Fergie doesn't make you a captain of this club if you're not exceptional. There's the class in 92, right? We all read <clears throat> Forget Giggs because he's Welsh. Neville was the first one to remotely get near the England team. And in the Euro 96, was England's first choice right back. Beckham scores weren't even in the squad. No, Beckham made his debut um, on the, I think, the qualifications for France 98. Yeah. So, it's not like Neville was like, okay. He was mint from the age of like 20 onwards to the point where he was in the England team getting to Euro semi-finals. He wasn't he a goal that. or assist machine in, the, in a fancy sort of flamboyant Roberto Carlos style fullback. No. What was it? He was just mega at fundamentals, dead hard working, great communication, brilliant positioning, and an engine like a Duracell bunny on him. Have so, have you read? Have you read his book? Read. Yeah, I love it. Like Fergie's Fergie's halftime team talks or something else, and like I think he was up against like 
Um, he's up against Ginola or someone. And Fergie at Newcastle. And Fergie says to him at half time, you play like that in the second half, you'll cost us the title. Great motivational speech there. Just what you want. He says, there's another one where it was against Figo, I think. And he says to him, like, if you don't get your act together, Figo, we're not going to win the Champions League. It'll be your fault. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Just like, okay, cheers for that. So, like, up against some of the greatest wingers you'll ever see. And absolutely just doing what he needed to do. Gary Neville, I said this on my tweet yesterday, Gary Neville has tried to appease the neutrals so badly and potentially, I think, in a run for Labour leader at some point. Um, because United are so hated and we ruined so many childhoods. I think he's, he's made an attempt to downplay his own career. Too much. He's gone too far now where he almost t thinks he's shit. This is a man that won eight Premier League titles, was a mainstay over, I would say, comfortably three Manchester United sides. You know, he was part of the... Um, I think he was part... No, he wasn't part of the first double lot. No. No. Paul it was, um It was, yeah. It was... Um, so, all right. So, definitely two, arguably well, three. Again, he broke into that team in 94, 95 season. None of his mates did, mm. other than gigs, obviously, again. Well, didn't he play against Torpedo Moscow in the UEFA Cup? He probably did, yeah. And I know, I know he played against Everton in the 95 final, I'm pretty sure of that. Um, so he was, like, the first one out of, out of blocks. And then for the next, what, 12 years? was And that injury against Bolton, the, the, the famous, you know, three-week injury, or three weeks, three weeks, and then, like, four years, you're still waiting for him. Um, that was pretty much the beginning of the end, wasn't it? Yeah, he never recovered from no. that. But he had, like you said, 10 or 12 years of being 7 out of 10, week in, week out. No. So reliable. No. That alone. You know, you've seen the likes of Van Dyke. They hit the heights. They had two, maybe three excellent seasons. Yeah. Off the boil. Well, you show me someone that can do 10 fucking years. Like the, Everyone raised about Van Dyke, right? And he's obviously a fantastic defender for that period of time. But, you know... Neville's winning Champions Leagues at 21, yeah. Van Dyke's playing for Celtic at that age, and then Southampton in his mid-20s. Like, Neville was mint from the early doors and kept it up till his early 30s. A level of consistency that allows... He had multiple back-to-back -back seasons of over 40. Like, people are like, man, he was, you know, he was part of a great team. No, he was a major part of a great team. You, you know what? I hear this argument so many times. I'm like, you hear about Casemiro? Like, he's, he's just... Great teams are great because they've got great players in them. Yeah. It's that fucking simple. Well, uh, and also, apparently Skulls was gash. Yeah. All right, cool. So, all right, so... Go on. Hit I mean, which team would you like me to go over? Do... Do... I don't know. Do all No, do 99. All right, so the treble. Yeah. So, Fergie weren't that good. He just had a great team. Okay. Is well, the argument. Right, well, that's fucking stupid anyway. But that, you've seen it. Yeah, okay. Or yeah, he got I, lucky. I he I got am. lucky. It was in our group, remind me. In our Champions League group. It was a group of death. The first group of death that the Champions League had, by the way. Well, who's that then? Anyone big? Um, Barcelona. All right, okay. Anyone else? Uh, Bayern Munich. Well, we, well that, that group's not all that. Did, and then you get Inter Milan Lucky, afterwards. Lucky got an easy group. Inter Milan with R9. Right. You might have heard of him. Yeah, all right. He's, he's all right, I suppose. Who else, then? In the, in the semis? Uh, and then you're going to get the, the current best team in the world, which is Juventus. All right. And yeah. then you get Bayern Munich in the final with Lothar Mateus, who just needs to win this trophy, and he's won everything, including the Ballon d'Or. And then 20 years later, he gets asked about it by some East Manchester 
off my nut piss can. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I hate to do this, but I'm doing it. I love that. That's my favourite <laughs> message of Stephen Allison. Just been chatting to Love Lab and saying about night night. I thought, I bet he loved that. <laughs> I bet he absolutely loved that. But apparently he did. Um, so, so, all right, all right. So yeah, Fergie's, Champions all Fergie right. was lucky. Yeah, he's lucky. Right, yeah. Gary Neville was average. Yeah. Gary Neville, I think, played every minute of the 28-game running consecutive. Right. Every minute. That's not what you call an average player. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yapstam, what was he just a thug? I can't remember what they say about Yapstam. Yeah, just, you know, yeah, a bit of a thug. Like to go around kicking people. You get away with it in them days because apparently yellow cards weren't. And, uh, and who played alongside him? Uh, half time, Ronnie fucking Henningberg, De- David May. Ronnie Johnson. Ronnie Johnson was a good player and he just gets completely overlooked because Didn't like, whatever reason. Keno put him in his like, best ever team. Yeah, someone was like, what's going on here? Yeah. And he was like, Ronnie Johnson's a fucking serious player. Yeah. Because <laughs> Joe I, because he fucking was. Yeah, he was min. I think the reason we signed Ronnie Johnson... So I think the reason we signed Rio is because Fergie saw the promise of a ball-playing defender in Ronnie Johnson. That makes sense because Ronnie Johnson left not long after Rio. Uh, like I think they had one season, didn't they, together? Did they, have, did they even have one season? Together? I think Ronnie Johnson left at the end of Rio's first season. Right. I think. I think um, I'm wrong there. Forgive me. About Dennis Irwin. Don't think really. I think people actually correctly rank Dennis Irwin as as an excellent. I think footballer. people have sort of cottoned on to the, the fact that hang on a minute, this guy played every single game, was minting every single game, and won everything. Fergie calls him eight at a time, week in, week out. Yeah. Probably was all right. Yeah. Roy Keane was just a thug. Yeah. Skulls is shit. Skulls is shit is an actual argument. I've heard. <laughs> Skulls is shit. Like, what? I can't remember what they say about gigs. Oh, didn't get a lot of goals and assists. Yeah. And they used the 99 season as an example because he didn't get many goals and assists that season. He didn't really play. He didn't. But, you know, I might be wrong, but I think he might have got a goal in the FA Cup during that game. During that season. Never seen it. Never seen it. So, right, okay. It's not even that one on that. Photo there. No, it's, it's a different one. Um, Beckham was just a pop star. Yeah. Dwight York never gets any mention of him, good or bad, apart it's from that he was a bit of a piss can. It's weird that, isn't it? Because you win the treble, you score 30 goals, whatever it was, in your first season. 20 assists. Yeah. And <laughs> what? What? What is that? <laughs> right. <laughs> Bruno's does that, right? And we finished third. And people think Andy Cole is just some it. sort of fucking. I don't even know who they rate Andy Cole as. Like, uh, do you know what I love about Andy Cole? <sighs> because you've got these people, right? Who just because they didn't see these teams, the only thing they can go off are stats. Yeah. So like, Skull suffers a bit sometimes because his assists and goals in certain yeah, seasons. Yeah, he played in a two. Yeah, aren't that great? And at, you know, at one point he was like, yeah, exactly, like almost a defensive midfielder yeah. at one point. But when you start, when you go to Cole and people go, "What's Andy Cole going?" You go, "He's got 187 goals." In, you know, the Premier League, and only one of them was penalty. Right, right. Well, but I mean, they can't compute that because everything they think of is like 25 goals a season, and yeah. then you go, no, Shearer had 56 penalties. Yeah, so you say that, you hit him with that one, and then it's like, oh, and he's also like, I don't know, 15 <coughs> most assists in the Premier League. You go, all right, okay, well, he's got goals, he's got assists. All right, well, what did he win? He won everything. Okay. So there's nowhere to go with Cole when you actually look at it and you go, what is it you want? Um, what metric do you want George Andy Cole by? And the, the worst one is when they come out with that argument that Glenn Hoddle made, and I was talking about this the other day on the podcast. Oh, the five chances. So you're telling he me... He killed that, him with that. You're telling me, and uh, you, you, and we'll wrap up in a minute because I'm getting, it's, I don't get it, it's getting on, but you're telling me that Andy Cole, who scored 187 goals, yeah, in the Premier League... If, I need to answer this, apologies. It's sorry. My, it's my car. Oh, it's his car. He's going to answer this on air. Hello? You can hear yeah, that. Right, mate. <laughs> 
I'll read out this super chat while Stephen's All right, Sam, what time are you open till? Um, Jacob Morris, can we talk about how monotone the announcer was when Cole scored the winner in Turin? Recently watched that on YouTube and it's embarrassing. I've not, I can't remember whether I've heard that or not. I'm going to have to watch that again. But it's not, yeah, because someone, this is okay, a thing I'll like... get the tram from City some, Centre right uh, now, so hopefully that'll be enough time. Some commentators don't show much emotion when they're commentating right, on certain games. Um, it sounds like we're going to lose... Stephen Patrick House. Well, it's, it's five past five anyway. So let's right, wrap okay. We're going to wrap up. I was going to say, my quick point well, was Andy Cole scored 187 Premier League goals. So you're telling me if he took all his chances, he would have scored 1,000 goals. <laughs> that's when he scored 44 <laughs> goals in a season. That's, that's you saying, like, I mean, one in five, for starters, I don't know if the metrics are out there, but if he was scoring one in four, that's elite. Yeah. One in five is probably about average, maybe just above average. Yeah. Like, I just can't imagine that. Darwin you know, Nunes is going one in 12 at the moment, so. Well, exactly, so even the insult, which is nonsense, isn't that. <laughs> He's only it. twice as good as Darwin Nunes. <laughs> I love the fact that someone tried to come at him and he just went, just did a tweet, leave me alone. I don't play into this. Here's some stats. Take the L. And the guy was like, right, fair enough. I fucking love Andy Cole. He's coming on Vibe 5 as well. Of course I, he is. And I just said, am I right to just cuddle him? Because I don't even want to talk. So let me just cuddle him and let's just film we've that. Already, we've already got the best interview ever with him anyway. <laughs> Is right. it still on the channel? Did we post it? I we shouldn't know. have posted I it. I don't know. I think we were quite new. It's fucking awful. It because we wanted to because it's Andy Cole and we're new. I think if we did it now, we wouldn't. No respect Honestly, to Andy Cole. I fucking love Andy Cole. I, I love how little of a fuck Andy Cole gives about the adulation that he gets as well. And I know it's just like, there was a racist element to be like, he's got attitude and this, that and the yeah. other. He's just a quiet guy. Because you can have... You're right. Robbie Fowler and him, similar numbers, similar ages. Robbie Fowler, he's a jack of he's a quirky guy, isn't he? It's Andy Scott Cole, God, don't yeah. Mean. Andy Cole, attitude problem. Uh, yeah, bristly. Yeah. What, because he's a bit monosyllabic in interviews? Do you know what I mean? Listen, I'm going to wrap it up there because you've got to go and sort your motor out. Uh, thanks, everyone, who got in the chat. Forgive me if I've missed anyone's uh, super chat. I don't think I have. Uh, old Brian Casey says, Cleberson broke my heart because he was so shy. Fair enough. Um, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Go and check out Stretford Paddock. They've got a game in St. Helens. Yeah, St. Helens tomorrow. St. Helens, out there, St. Helens. So go and check them out. You know where to find me. We're back tomorrow with a watch along for the Reading game. So make sure you hit like, share, and subscribe. This has been The Brew. That's me, Stephen Alston with Jay Motty. Thanks for watching. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply